Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Quavo! Lifestyle on camera. $100,000 chandelier. They tried to turn me to an animal. But white people think I'm radical. Supermodels think I'm handsome. You might think I'm too aggressive. But really, I think I'm too passive. Cause I pull out the chopper, start blasting. All these things straight up. Throw it up. Watch it fall and drop. Running, running, ooh. I'm about to hit the yay button. I don't want to say nothing wrong, but it'd be wrong if I ain't say nothing. Imagine if Hello, everyone, and welcome once again. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. And this is The Master Plan. We have a fantastic show in line for you today, this morning. This fine August 20. Seventh morning, fantasy football weekend, draft weekend. A lot of teams are drafting this weekend. I myself had to draft my first draft. <clears throat> I I practice what I preach, people. I said I don't like drafting early. Well, most of the games uh, of the third preseason week have been played. I had a draft yesterday. I have another draft. I had a draft yesterday online. Yahoo League. For those of you who listen to the FSP show, you heard us on the draft as we were going through each pick and some of the other uh, picks we were giving our opinions to that we're picking, that we're drafting in, 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 that, in that league. This week, excuse me, today, I have a live draft. Um, all the way live. It's absolutely live. It's not online. It's live. Takes longer, quite naturally. Um, but it's a live draft, and I enjoy live drafts. That means that you're, you, um, for some reason, I mean, besides get having a camaraderie of being with people and that share your own interests. And be able to talk that smack, which, you know, if you've listened to me over the years, you know I like doing, talking a lot of smack. And also being able to draft with people and you see them face to face and then understand or try to understand what kind of philosophy you have. Um... In drafting, sometimes you, it's, it can be advantage, sometimes it can be a disadvantage. Advantage um, for guys that have a different philosophy quite naturally. Nobody has the same philosophy. And you can take advantage of it and grab players at a later time, or you have to grab them early if you know that these guys are savvy. And if you don't grab them, they will. But I always like live drafts. So this Sunday, today, 3 p.m., the live draft. And then the rest of my drafts, which will be three of them, uh, one on Saturday, 
one on Sunday and one on Monday, which is Labor Day weekend. I had three more drafts. And um, so this is it's a draft season for me. Not July, not June, not early part of August, late part of August, it going into the Labor Day weekend before the first game, which is on uh, September uh, 7th, I do believe. Yes, September 7th. So, as promised, I said I was going to talk about today because I uh, had some urgent things I had to do and, and took care of them last Sunday and wasn't able to do the tight ends that I was going to double up. When I'm going to be a man of my word, hunker down, hope you got a note. Notepad and pencil. Because I'm going to be doing tight ends and running backs. Yeah, I like running backs. That's my thing. You know, people, you've known me up for a while. I've, I've liked running backs. And I said. Before I get to running back, I mean, before I get to tight ends first. And I've said that this year, unlike, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, unlike years in the past, there's a great crop of running backs coming into the league. And I've said that since the combine. If you've been listening to my show consistently, and I've talked about running backs in, in this for this year, I've said this before, probably before the combine. I've said it that any any this this just this excuse me this 2017 fantasy football season, and I've heard it mentioned more than once, not just by me, that this is a very good crop of running backs um, coming into the league. And I've also heard, and I've said this before, and I'll say it. And you keep on saying it because that's the foundation of a, a lot of offenses more and more is that the running back is an important part of the offense. Now, they, they talk, talking about zero running back, I think last year they were talking about zero running backs. You know, I never and I never said that. I've always believed in drafting running backs first. Always. Always get a quality running back, your base of your offense, just like your NFL, uh, real NFL team, and you go from there. And I've more than once doubled and tripled up on running backs before I look anywhere else. I may even do that this year. Don't know. We'll have to see. Mm. Have to see. I only had one keeper league, and I, I – had and I was able to keep two in that keeper league, and that was which was last last uh, um, which was yesterday. I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Which was yesterday, and I kept Antonio Brown and Melvin Gordon. They were my first and second picks. No brainers to me. No brainers to me. But for the most part, um, I'm going. Re- with no keepers, I have one other keeper league, and I had no uh, viable running backs 
in that league, you have, <clears throat> you only can keep any anybody you drafted after the sixth round. So I had nobody viable there to, to do that. And you had to keep them throughout. You couldn't trade them off. You had to keep them throughout the whole season. And I had no one that, like that. So anyway, getting back to the task at hand. And that's with the tight ends. And I'm going to go top 15 with the tight ends and guys with some upside after that. And then I'm going to go top 25 with the running backs and some guys sprinkle in the upside. They're not in the 25, which some aren't, aren't, aren't really in the 25. So number 15, uh, this guy was, 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 was his first year with the Saints. Wasn't a total flop, but he, he wasn't Jimmy Graham with Kobe Fleener. He had 50 catches and 631 yards. I expect him to do a little bit more in the people. Hold one minute. I, 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 I got something going on here. I don't know what the heck's going on. Let me Hold on one minute. Got to get that. Gotta get dip. Gotta get dip. Gotta get dip, 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 dip. Gotta get dip. Gotta get dip. Gotta get dip. Gotta get dip. 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 Yo, I got that hit to be supply. You can get that bass on below. I got that rock and roll. That future flow. That digital Next level visual, I got that How to beat back I like that boom boom pow Them chickens jogging my style They try to copy my swagger I'm on that next now I'm sold 3,008 You sold 2,000 and late I got that boom 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 That future boom 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 Let me get in there Gotta get that Gotta get that Gotta get that Gotta get that I'm on that supersonic boom, y'all hear that spaceship When I step inside the room, them girls go eight Y'all suck on super eight, that low fi super eight I'm on that HD flat, this beat go boom boom bap I'm a beast when you turn me on Into the future Cybertron Harder, faster, better, stronger Sexy ladies, extra longer Cause we got to be that bounce We got to be that pound We got to be that 808 That boom boom in your town I'll be rocking in beats. Yup, 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 yup. 
I'm sorry, people. Had an emergency. And uh, um, seems like uh, uh, I can't get these shows in. Man. Anyway, number 15 is Kobe Fleener. Um, he had to learn a new offense, which was complicated in, in a complicated position. And he needed a year. And the Saints were lucky to see so much success with their rookie, Michael Thomas, that they didn't, didn't need more help. Plus the fact that they also had Brandon Cooks. Now Brandon Cooks is gone. They still have Willie, Willie Sneed, but they have a, a second-year Michael Thomas who's grown. Now he's the number, number one wide receiver. And they also have Willie Sneed and, and, and uh, Coleman. Uh, so Fleener should at least uh, get better uh, in his stats. But he, he's probably nothing more than an average fantasy start, okay? Let's move on to uh, another guy. Now, this guy's got to compete with a rookie that's coming. And it may, and for the most part, rookies, um, tight ends don't do well their first year. Uh, he may be talented, um, and he, but it's going to take probably a year to get up to speed. And and uh, Cameron Brait, who's at number 14 for me, turned in the stat line of 57 catches, 660 yards, and eight touchdowns. And uh, because of uh, O.J. Howard being in the same offense and playing the same position, um, he'll be hard-pressed to repeat that. Um, he, he's a... He's a solid tight end, too, um, that could still deliver some uh, some stats that uh, is warranted for a starter. Um, but I think he's really good for the first part of the season, if not uh, uh, for the second part of the season. So I think they're going to lean more on Cameron Brate on the first part of the season because he's more experienced in his offense and with his quarterback compared to the rookie tight end where historically rookie tight ends don't do well when they're rookies. Duh. Let's move on to number uh, 13. And this guy, he's a risk at number 13. And... He had a very good year in 2015 when he had 13 touchdowns. But he injured his back and only played half of the last season. Now, he scored in 12 of his last 22 games, including five with multiple scores, but he never made it an entire season without injury. And he needed back surgery in the offseason. Now, Tyler Eifert, excuse me, Tyler Eifert is a risk to rely on but will score in over half the games when he does play. Now, supposedly he's 100% healthy. Now, if you draft Tyler Eifert, now, like I said, I have him at 13, and he's at risk, you better get a second tight end. Because quite naturally... Ivers history says you'll be using them sooner or later. And 
I'd rather have a second tight end. I would be, you know, I get lean on Tyler Eifert if and when and he gets healthy. I mean, if and when he gets uh, hurt. And then you can go with your ne- your second tight end that you so smartly drafted to uh, uh, take up take up the slack. So let's move on to number 12. We're rapidly going through these tight ends. Now this guy, I really, I really like this guy. Um, but he seems to have the same type of genes or whatever as Tyler Eifert. Cannot seem to keep healthy. Got a lot of ability, and I see him making the most of that. When he is on the field. Now he's improved his catches and yardage in all three years. Last year he had 61 catches, 711 yards, but only one touchdown. Now, you would think that a big six-plus tight end would be used in the red zone a a lot. But his red zone, uh, uh, his lack of red zone, use of of uh, in the red zone, limits his fantasy value. And he's only totaled seven touchdowns in his whole career. Now, supposedly, I don't know if this coach speak or whatever, or just local reporters. He's he's looked very good in, in, in the off season and in training camp when he when he's healthy. Now, even though he's only missed two or fewer games in every season, but he always seems to get nicked up, and that decreases his ability to. Um, uh, um, to improve his stats within a pass-happy offense. With him being a big target for Matthew Stafford, I'm talking about Eric Ebron. Sorry if I didn't put his name out there earlier. Now, he's a very low-end fantasy start with around four catches per week. Half his games end up with under 40 yards. So, you Say he gets three catches in a PPR. And we're talking about PPR here. And he only gets 40 yards, 39 yards, whatever. That's what? Eight points, four points for each catch. I mean, one point for each catch equals four. If he gets four, four catches per week, he averages in around 40 yards. So that's eight points. So he would have to get targeted in the end zone to be a effective top 12 tight end. And I think he could, he he has the ability to do that. Let's move on to this guy that's got some upside. Now he played with a Hall of Fame quarterback last year. And he won a Super Bowl. And they weren't too enthusiastically going after him um to keep him for this year. Which is fine. That's how they roll. I'm talking about the New England Patriots and Martellus Bennett. 
But the Packers signed Bennett to find a new version of Jermichael Finley. Now, I don't think he's totally as 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 athletic as Michael Finley or Jermichael Finley. Fin, excuse me, Jermichael Finley. I don't know what my my speech speech today is. Wow. And that was five years ago. Uh, Richard Rodgers posted 58 catches, five, uh, 510 yards, and eight touchdowns in 2014. Bennett was as good as 90 catches for 916 yards in Chicago in 2014. Struggled with a, a knee sprain for most of 2016 when he was with the Patriots. Um, this is Bennett's fifth NFL team. He's a lock for a solid season, for a tight end, that, that is, and should turn in at least a few very nice games. Once the top tight ends are taken, Bennett should start to be considered if only from his potential. Now he's got huge upside. It was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, when he had a had 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 a very good tight end or good tight end, <clears throat> he's not afraid to use him. Some of these offenses don't use their tight ends um, that effectively. Green Bay is not one of them. Green Bay likes using their tight end, and uh, I think that it it will help uh, with uh, um, Martellus Bennett being a very pass good pass-catching tight end. Very good tight end, all-around tight end anyway. Uh, that he's with the uh, Green Bay Packers now. I have him at 11. Let's, walk, let's go to number 10. And I love this guy. I've talked about this guy uh, for several years. This is a guy that I I can't say I brought him on the scene. This is a guy that I talked about. Um, one, of the, one of these players that I've talked about before he actually exploded. Um, and uh, if you had listened to what I would, had been talking about um, years back, now he's uh, uh, one of the top ten, 10 tight ends, if not one of the top five tight ends, but I have him at 10 right now, is Delaney Walker from the Tennessee Titans. He, pro- he, he produced top 10 tight end stats in each of the last four seasons. Every year since, since, uh, uh, since leaving – uh, San Francisco. Now he's 33 years old. He was in in in, in San Francisco for seven years, and they they had they also had Vernon Davis there, and he wasted away in San Francisco for about seven years before he got to where he's at now, and he absolutely flourished. And he fell back last year with 65 catches for 800 yards and seven touchdowns. That regression is almost certain to consider continue considering his legs. The influx of other receivers and the drafting of his heir apparent, Janu Smith. Now, Marcus Mariota, young quarterback, and once I told you when he got on the scene, Mariota, a young quarterback leaning on a tight end, just like I talked about Cameron Brait earlier. Um, um, Jameis Winston was leaned heavily on his uh, tight end. Cameron Brait, um, Delaney Walker um, is Marcus Mariota safety net, and he he likes going to him when all else fails. And he's being drafted. I'm talking about Delaney Walker as a tenth or twelfth tight end in drafts, and that's probably a good value. That's why I have him at number ten because he's he's dropped down. The other guys have moved up. He's a drop down, but he's still a rock solid tight end that you can count on. Now, this guy, 
he burst on the scene and a lot of people were surprised, including myself. Um, everyone was uh, thinking about the other tight end. Now that tight end is in New England. And Jack Doyle, who's got upside, doesn't have a, doesn't have a big game after four years with, um, with the Colts, but he's earned uh, 59 catches for 584 yards and five scores. The most important part of that, he ended as the number 13 fantasy tight end last year. Now, Dwayne, like I said, Dwayne Allen left um, Indianapolis, and Jack Doyle is the lead tight end. Now, it hurts him somewhat, and maybe not somewhat, because uh, Andrew Luck is not on the field yet, and no telling when he's going to get back on the field. And the backup probably has the same type of mindset to get it to Jack Doyle, safety net, safe throw in the middle of the field, and uh, can bail out a quarterback when it's needed. So... The Colts regularly featured a top 10 set of tight ends uh, and 109 catches from the tight end position, which was number five with 1,287 yards and, and number three for that and uh, 12, 12 touchdowns, which, which was number two in the NFL. So you got to think that he's going to get an uptick because he's the lead dog now. Not the he's not falling back uh, behind an, another tight end. Let's move on to number eight. This guy I've l- always liked. This guy um, talked about him before, and he's getting much much better with a quarterback that is not afraid to throw to the. And I keep on saying this: quarterback, one of the quarterback's best friends, is a pass catching tight end, a consistent target in the middle of the field and uh, and uh, now Sam Bradford is with the team throughout offseason um, workouts uh, a full training camp and Kyle Rudolph had his best season ever a career year with Sam Bradford, 83 catches, 840 yards, and seven touchdowns. That was good enough to rank number two in most fantasy scoring. And that wasn't the product of a couple of monster games or just early season success. That means he was consistent uh, week in and week out. That's what you're looking for. Now, you like to get monster games every week. Most of the time, that's not going to happen. You're going to get a consistent number from a, a tight end. That's what you're looking for. That's exactly what you're looking for. So he's, he's one of the better fantasy tight ends in a system that relies on him. A conservative system, um, defensive-minded coach, conservative system with a, with a quarterback that will get it to him without hesitation. All right, let's move on to this one. And I think this second-year quarterback is taking a giant leap. Plus the fact is, now I know they have Ashawn Jeffrey, and I know they have Torrey Smith. They got rid of um, um, Jordan Matthews, uh, which was a 
pretty reliable target for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. And they got Nelson Aguilar. I don't think too much of Nelson Aguilar. So they got they got when they do pass the ball, they need somebody. And I keep saying it, best friend for a uh, um, a uh, young quarterback, tight end. Hello, Zach Ertz. He's in his fifth year. Okay. Now. If you watched last year when Carson Wentz was playing, whether it was good or bad Carson Wentz, Zach Gertz was one of his favorite targets. And he had 75 catches, 800 yards over the last two years and was very effective down the stretch with Wentz last year. Now, over the final four weeks, uh, Ertz had over 120 yards in two games and scored a total of three touchdowns. And even more uh, noteworthy was that all of of his best games went against division rivals. He played twice every year. Now, he's a solid part of the game plan each weekend and week out. And like I said, the rapport from last year to this year is only going to grow with Carson Wentz being the quarterback. And Wentz being a nice, safe target in the middle, excuse me, and Ertz being a nice, safe target in the middle of the field. The next guy played it and was a all-pro tight end in New Orleans, Jimmy Graham. Uh, With the Seahawks, he caught 65 catches for 923 yards. And compared to what he caught, uh, 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 what he usually scored in New Orleans, he only scored about half of that, which is six touchdowns, which is fine. And they have an easier schedule this year uh, than they had last year. Russell Wilson has grown each year and more and more as long as Jimmy Graham can stay healthy um, with a rapport, a big target in the middle of the field. And... Graham was only second to Doug Baldwin in catches and yards. Now, his yardage per game is around 60 to 70, so which is probably limits his uh, stats because he gets 60 to 70 yards. Um, but he's still a top 10 and I have him at six right now, tight end. But he is a solid weekly start, plain and simple. This other guy now, I know people are probably going to argue, like, why are you putting this guy above Jimmy Graham, Zach Gertz, and, and Delaney Walker or whatever, <clears throat> and some others? Because I think his upside, I just think he hit the tip of the iceberg last year. And it's only going to get better in a very uh, tight and friendly system with a quarterback that loves throwing to the tight end. I'm talking about Hunter Henry. Now, he's one of the rookie tight ends that bucked the system, or history, I should say. 
and actually mattered as a rookie tight end. Now, he, at, for all intents and purposes, he was the number two tight end behind Antonio Gates in San Diego. He still caught 36 passes for 478 yards and eight touchdowns. So he's a target in the red zone. That was eight of his final 12 games with a touchdown. He's 6'5", 250 pounds, got speed and can catch the ball, and was the first tight end drafted in the last year's draft. And like I said, he plays for a team that loves throwing to uh, um, or, or, or exploiting the, the, the skill set of a tight 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 end. And that's regularly posted top 10, if not top five stats for, for a tight end position every year. And was number one with 15 touchdowns at the tight end position co- collectively last year. Now, Antonio Gates, quite naturally, is older and, and a little slower. Hunter Henry is going to be the number one tight end. And as long as he stays healthy, he should be within the top ten, if not top five, year in and year out. Now, that's a bold statement, but I do believe that Philip Rivers and that philosophy in, in San Diego, like I said, that love throwing to the tight end. Hunter Henry has a huge upside. This next guy, he's number four. He's number four, okay? But he could easily ascend higher if he stays healthy. And that's his biggest problem, staying healthy. Jordan Reed. is probably one of the most effective, if not the most effective uh, tight end when he plays with over half of his game gaining over 50 yards and scoring in almost half of them. But the problem is that he disappears on occasion and can't remain healthy. Now, four years into his career, Reed has missed 18 of his 64 games. He has never played a full 16-game season and should be expected to miss at least two. In 2016, he missed four games with a shoulder injury or a concussion. In 2015, he had 87 catches for 952 yards and 11 touchdowns. Last year, he was only get, able to get 66 catches for 686 yards and, and six touchdowns. When he's healthy, he would always deliver above average, if not elite stats. Now, this is another one that I'm saying that the quarterback loves throwing to Jordan Reed Big target, athletic target, can run it, run after the catch. Um, huge, huge uh, talent. A lot of risk. A lot of risk. 
all I can say is if you draft Jordan Reed, you better draft uh, another tight end somewhere down the road to pick up the slack when, not if, when he gets hurt. If he stays in and he plays 16 games, 14 games, then you're golden. But history dictates that he's going to get necked up and miss multiple games. All right, let's move on to this one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite guys. I love this guy when he was in um, Chicago, and they, they, then he got, uh, then he went to Carolina. And uh, and p- people think he's slowing down. Eighty catches, a hundred. Uh, excuse me, one thousand seventy-three yards and three touchdowns. Thirteen point four yards per catch was one of the best in his ten-year career. Talking about Greg Olson, he's topped one thousand receiving yards each of the last three years. Now, quite naturally, he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns. They rarely go above five or six, but he's money with four to six catches each week. Cam Newton loves Greg Olson. Cam Newton loves Greg Olson. And one of the reasons he loves Greg Olson because he doesn't have reliable pass-catching um, receivers. Now, I... Well, you have to wait and see, but I still love Greg Olson. If Christian McCaffrey is going to take uh, receptions away from Greg Olson, if a healthy and slimmed down Kelvin Benjamin is going to take um, catches away from Greg Olson, if Curtis Samuel, who's a ball player, is going to take away from Greg Olson, but Greg Olson and Cam Newton have had a rapport together um, like no, like uh, very few quarterback tight ends have in this league. One of the most reliable um, tight ends. I love this guy. Got a man crush on this guy. This guy is a baller. And he's a Jersey guy, too. Came from Jersey. Played in Jersey. Anyway, let's move on to number two. This guy is probably going to be uh, the guy, for the most part, catching the football for his team. So you know I haven't listed him, so you know who I may be talking about. I'm talking about Travis Kelsey. Kelsey was already a solid fantasy option for two years, but then broke out with 85 catches and over 1,100 yards and four, uh, four touchdowns last year. That included six 100-yard games that all came after midseason. He's nearly a lock for five catches a game and is as good as any tight end at turning in big games. Now, his lack of touchdowns, where he only had five, no more than five in any year, hurts his fantasy value, but the sheer volume and consistency of catches more than makes up for it. And with the departure of Jeremy Macklin, I guarantee you Alex Smith is going to uh, Travis Kelsey more. Now, Alex Smith is a very conservative quarterback. Doesn't like to push the ball down the field all that much. 
short to intermediate throws is right in Travis Kelsey's wheelhouse. In the middle of the field. Right in Travis Kelsey's wheelhouse. Just in Alex Smith's comfort level. Without a doubt. So we'll do that. Okay? Let's go and moving on to the um, number one. Now, this guy is a risk. I wouldn't take him in his first two rounds. Really, I, I understand that. I wouldn't take him in the first two rounds. No way. <clears throat> I don't think he's, he's that worthy of that now. I know that he's Tom Brady's favorite target. I'm talking about Ron Gronkowski. But he, he only played eight games in 2016, the back issue. Now, year in, year out, Gronk can put up huge stats. But How many games are you going to get from him? Now, he's still going to remain the number one because um, he's Gronk. And he still produces at a high rate. But he hasn't played 16 games since 2011. Six years. Unbelievable he's been he's in it that long. He's 28-year-old, and his body is breaking down. I know he's changed his diet. He's changed his diet Um. um going along the lines of uh, Tom Brady and rightfully so he's getting older he's got to really 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 take care of his body even though he still has some crazy exploits that people document each year year and out year and out but Gronk is number one all right enough of the tight ends let's move on to the running backs all right we've got about 17 minutes left in the show we may go a little into overtime um, I got things I got to do, and um, so we're going to be running through these. Um, and number 25, an old standby, an old guy, an older guy, old, old guy, 13,655 yards uh, uh, guy, eighth in all-time list guy, never had fewer than 1,000 yards in – um, 10 seasons, I guess it is. And he hasn't missed a game since 2010. Now, Frank Gore is, in my opinion, probably a Hall of Famer. Probably not the first ballot, but he'll eventually get there. Uh, in an offense that it's a passing offense, but they need a solid running back. And I, I know they have other guys that um, are knocking on the door trying to take over the job. But Frank Gore seems like um, you can knock on the door, but you can't come in and take my job. That's not happening. So I got Frank Gore at number 25. Number 11, I mean, number 24. And this is a risk, and this guy may move up. Um, 
he's been a primary back going into training camp. Um, and I think that he's solidified with his inspired play and coming in probably with the so-called catchphrase, the best shape of his life. Um, and uh, um, Carlos Hyde, I'm talking about in the San Francisco 49ers. Now, in the last two seasons, last two years, he missed 12 games out of 32. So he's got to stay healthy because he's got a a running back, a rookie running back that Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, wanted in the worst way. Banging the table to get this guy, Joe Williams. Joe Williams, the rookie, has been struggling uh, a little bit. And uh, um, if he gets it together, um, Carlos Hyde – May, may be having an issue on keeping his job sometime during the year. But Carlos Hyde, if he stays healthy and runs inspired like he's been running in, um, in uh, training camp, will keep his job and uh, um, um, I have him at 24. At 23, uh, a Wide receiver converted to running back who ended up with a, a 5.9 yards per carry. And now he has a starting role, but Green Bay, because of what Ty Montgomery did last year, um, now he had the starting job, but you got Jamal Williams and Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, and I'm trying to think of the other running back, but they, the point I'm making is Green Bay drafted three running backs. What's that telling Ty Montgomery? You better get, bring, bring your A game. Otherwise, one of these backs is going to take your job. Now, he's, he's been able to keep his job, um, but I think they're going to be splitting, splitting the um, – Carries now. I don't, to what degree? That's up to the. Uh, I, I guess from right now it's Jamal Williams, who seems like he's got the um, backup job, uh, the backup to direct backup to uh, Ty Montgomery. It seems like Ty Montgomery's issue is that he it's pass protect. Uh, Jamal Williams seems like he's he's better at pass protect than. Um, um, Ty Montgomery, which is which is key for a running back, got to be able to protect the quarterback, especially a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's move on to uh, another guy that's got some upside, but he's got a couple of guys in front of him that he's got to over overcome, including his head coach, with uh, with addition to his head coach. So that's. Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, Joe Mixon is sitting back there at, at the number three right now. He's got great ability, heck of a ability. Bengals picked him in the second round, and he's got a lot of ability, okay? And if uh, um, if a healthy Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill stay in front of him, then I would say he's a upside guy at 22 for a later part of the year. One of these guys gets mixed up, gives him an opportunity, give him a wally, 
uh, uh, Wally Pip type of um, uh, uh, opportunity. And he can take it over. He can take it over. Let's move on to another guy um, that he's got a, a Hall of Fame running back breathing down his neck. Okay. Now he came, Mark Ingram came off a career best season uh, with over a thousand yards and forty six catches with. Uh, for 319 yards and 10 touchdowns. But the Saints signed Adrian Peterson, Hall of Fame running back. Um, and supposedly they're going to split carries. And I don't know if Adrian Peterson's got anything, anything left, anything left. Mark Ingram, I know I got him at 21. It may be a, a, a slow death be to, 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 go, to be the backup. Because if AP's got anything left, um, you know they're going to use AP without a shadow of a doubt. But I think Mark Ingram, at, at the starting running back in this uh, offense, and he's coming off a career best, uh, I don't expect him to, to – progress past what he did. Um, I think he'll just be consistent enough that he'll, he'll be able to stay in his number 21 ranking that I give him. But uh, uh, just understand this. A- a- if AP is AP, um, Mark Ingram may be um, not where, he's, where I have him right now. Now, this other guy, Bilal Powell, especially in P- TPR, number 20. Um. If you watched the game yesterday, you know Bilal Powell can be expo- uh, explosive. And the fact is that with limited quarterback play, this is a safe throw thrown to the to running back out of the backfield. Um, Matt Forte is 30, what, 32 years old and has a hard time staying on the field. And Bilal Powell can be an all-purpose back. And... Uh, is a better pass catcher than Matt Forte. Not to say Matt Forte can't catch, but Bill Powell at this point in time is more dynamic than um, uh, Matt Forte. In, in, in a uh, PPR format, Bilal Powell is where I had him at 20. And move on to the next guy coming out of Atlanta, um, a, a um, 1B, Devontae Freeman being the 1A, Devin Coleman, um, in his second season, showed a nice progression, even though he missed three games. He rushed around eight to ten times in games, and, and not like his um, uh, rookie year. He had 520 yards and caught 31 passes for 421 with a total of 941 yards and 11 touchdowns. Now, and I have him at 19, yes. And you could have started him week in and week out because he was putting up those type of numbers for you as a number two back. If Defonte Freeman misses any time, Kevin Coleman can explode. 
Next guy, they have a number 18 with a huge upside. Uh, I liked this guy last year, um, and for whatever reason, he had foot issues last year, which pretty much killed killed his fantasy value last year. But Amir Abdullah um, looks better um, than he's ever looked this year. He dealt with a Liz Frank last year. Um, but this year supposedly supposedly is supposed to be Amir Abdullah's year to come out. And uh, um, I like this guy. Now he's dealing with Theo Riddick as the uh, pass catching um, running back out of the backfield. Because the- the- Theo Riddick is the pass catcher out of there. But Amir Abdullah can be a dynamic back, especially on the turf. Uh, turf, uh, where quite naturally the Lions play half of their games, uh, speed kills. As long as he's healthy, Amir Abdullah can be um, probably he, – he, he, I say he's got upside. I have him at 18, but there's nothing to say that he can get – he cannot get above that. All right, let's move on to the next guy I have here at number 17. This guy's suspended for the first three games. He's got a huge upside. And there may be a question of if he's actually going to be the feature back. But he's another guy that's supposedly in the best shape of his life, been showing his ass off in in, in a training camp. Um, and he's turned in two top five um, years over 1,400, and last year was a really, really down year for Doug Martin. But I'm, 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 he's he's been as fast and sharp as any time in his career, and it appears to be ready to even up those even up those horrible seasons with the third big year. Um, now the Bucks may go with a committee approach because um, they do have Jacquez Rogers, who's supposed to be the lead back. They have Charles Sims. Um, and uh, and it's a possibility that Martin won't get, when he comes back in, in, after, game, after uh, the fourth week, that he won't get more than 70% of the touches. But I like Doug Martin at number 17 with some upside. Another guy with some upside and with also some risk. This is one of these backfields that don't know. I, I mean, I, I you don't know what you're going to get at this backfield. C.J. Anderson right now um, could be sitting on a career year, or it just as easily could be yet another disappointment. Now he he's teased us in the past years in some special times and had a career 4.7 yard per per carry average. He had a pretty good uh, uh, 2014 uh, season that followed up with a terrible 2015 season. But he can't stay healthy. That's the problem. He cannot stay healthy when when he's healthy in this Offense, he can produce, but he can't stay healthy. But he's got huge upside. 
in an offense that is going to benefit him. Where they, Trevor Simeon at the, their uh, quarterback, you know they want to run the football and play sound defense. You know they want to run the football and play sound defense. Now, you got two very good wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. But they want to run the football and play and play defense. They got a one hell of a defense, and they want to be able to keep the defense in ideal situations and not put them behind the eight ball. This guy, number 15, now we know he's a rookie, and there's a few rookies on here. But for all intents and purposes, he's – Preseason, pre-preseason, um, into pre-pre-pre-draft, um, he's lived up to his so far up to his expectations. Barring injury, Christian McCaffrey is about to ascend to a level in fantasy football very quickly. Can run be in between the tackles? Can catch the Football probably be better, uh, a lot better than some of these backs in, on this list. And uh, yards after the catch. But he seems like he gets it, comes from a football family, comes from a dad that used to play in the NFL, understands the game, and translates the understanding onto the field. Christian McCaffrey, I have him at 15. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top 10. I know that's a bold statement, but I wouldn't be surprised that he's in the top 10. And I wouldn't also be surprised in this next guy, number 14, Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm telling you, there's a lot of backs, young backs coming into this league that are going to, barring any kind of serious injury, are going to make a name for themselves. More so than any other year of a collection of backs. This is probably one of the best collection of backs coming into this league. I love it because I'm a back running back type of guy, and I love it. You got more fruit to pick from from the tree. Dalvin Cook, number 14, huge upside, playing for the Minnesota Vikings. Conservative coach, wants to run the football. Defensive-minded coach wants to run the football. Get that offensive line together. Get somebody, get something Dalvin Cook can work with, and this guy is going to produce for you. Now, I understand he's got a vet behind him, Latavius Murray, but Latavius Murray has had health issues. Now, we're going to stay on here. Stay with me until I finish this list and give you some guys that I'm looking at. We're going to be going into overtime in less than a minute. Stay with me because, I, like I said, I, I'm going through this list. And then I'm going to give you some guys that I'm looking at that aren't, aren't, aren't on this 25 guy, uh, um, running back list that you need to look at. Dalvin Cook, number 14. I got two rookies back-to-back in my top 25. Yes, I do. And I'm not finished. Not finished. Okay? Let's move on to number 13. With 10 seconds left. Tune in next week. We'll be talking about the... uh, No, next week I will not be here. I have a live draft to attend that I am the commissioner of. I will not be here. All right. Here we go. 
Number 13, I have Lamar Miller. Um, and he uh, was at his first season with Houston, which wasn't that much different than the last two that he was at with Miami. He ended up with uh, over 1,000 yards and five touchdowns, but only caught 31 passes. And he rushed a career high 268 times. And he also missed two games. Now, they did do, did, excuse me, they did draft the, uh, Deontay Foreman uh, in the third round to give a backup to Lamar Miller. And he has, he's facing a t- tougher schedule. And so I have him at number 13 because he is a dynamic back and he can be effective in one of the uh, most rush-heavy offenses in the NFL. And the sheer volume, uh, I think Lamar Miller has warranted a uh, uh, number 13. Number 12, another rookie with upside, and he has a little bit of risk. He's, he's he come with a lot of fanfare from high school, from college, and now he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm talking about Leonard Fournette. Um, being compared to uh, Adrian Peterson, he hasn't reached that level yet because he's quite nasty. He's a rookie. Um, dealing with some foot issues now, but um, if there's the slightest bit improved play on the offensive line and quite naturally, if you, if you know, I've talked about it on this show and quite naturally, if you know anything about football, you know that the Jacksonville Jaguars are, are struggling with their um, quarterback play. Leonard Fournette should be able to um, get you top 12 running back numbers in, in fantasy. They have one of the better uh, schedules this year uh, for running backs. And uh, I expect Leonard Fournette, as long as he's healthy, and this is always key for running backs because they always get nicked up without a shadow. They always get nicked up that um, he'll have a better year. I mean, he'll have a very good year. Let's move on to Zeke. Now, I know Zeke Elliott. Strong possibility that he gets suspended for the six games. But without a shadow of a doubt, after rushing for 1,631 yards, um, he's not, a, he is a top, I have him at 11. He's a top back. Now, this is because. If he misses six games, I have him at 11. And that's the only reason why I have him at 11, because he's going to probably miss six games. And that's going to take his value away. Now, you, it's incumbent on you of whether you want to be able to, to take that risk and draft him high. Or if he drops in the second or third round, um, then you pick him up. Because he's essentially going to sit on your bench for seven weeks. Over half of your fantasy season, he's going to sit there. Just sit there. Now, when he comes back, the Cowboys have one of the toughest schedules 
in only all the NFL. Um, but he's Zeke against that with the offensive line. What I would do, Darren McFadden in the later rounds, same offense, Darren McFadden, 1,000 yards, uh, when he was beach featured back behind that offensive line. When, and when Zeke comes back, plug him in, in same offense, different back, uh, and then go on from there. All right, let's go on to uh, uh, number 10. I love this offensive coordinator slash head coach. I stated it more than once when he was in Oakland, when he was in Cincinnati, um, and now he's uh, in his second year in Cleveland. Talking about Hugh Jackson. One of the better, better offensive minds in the, all the NFL. And very running back friendly. And Isaiah Crowell is going to benefit from that. I have him at number 10. And also, he had 4.8 yards per carry um, last year. Um, and Browns have one of the most one of the more talent, talented offensive lines uh, in, in, in the only NFL. And that's indicative of a Hugh Jackson type of offense. Strong offensive line, especially for the run. So I, I well, may be a surprise at number 10 with most, but it's not a surprise for me because I think he's going to have a very good year being a feature back in um, – in this offense. Now, he also has in PPR Duke Johnson, uh, which I'll, um, I'll not mention yet. Oh, I have. I'll just uh, I'll talk about it a little later. But Isaiah Crowell is, is, is going to be the man there. And he's only 24. And, and, and he has to stay dur- – has to, his durability has to be um, uh, um, something that uh, needs to be addressed. So he has to, he has to stay healthy. Speaking of healthy, he had 200-yard games back-to-back, okay? He kind of tailed off near the end of the last, last year. Um, but Jay Ajay, um, in a, in a, in a uh, in, in, um, the Dolphins' offense is going to be the feature back. Dolphins have a lot of, op, uh, have a lot of weapons. They have uh, – um, Jarvis Landry. They have a up and coming Devontae Parker. They have uh, Julius Thomas, a pass catching tight end. They got Kenny Stills, and they also have Jay Ajay and Jay Cutler as as the quarterback. So Jay Ajay is going to get a lot of work. Jay Gase. The head coach is going to get Jay Cutler um, to give the ball to Jay Ajay a lot to take the pressure off of Jay Cutler. Less, less time the ball's in Jay Cutler's hand, less time that a turnover may happen. So it is what it is. Next one on, on my list is a guy I still like. I don't care what happened last year. I understand. Uh, it was It was – I guess it was a combination of the coach and sophomore Jinx and Todd Gurley. Very predictable, very old-style offense, um, which stymied the whole team. And that's why Jeff Fisher's no longer there. Um, and uh, um, Sean McVay's there now, younger, 
very young, youngest coach in the NFL. Um, very relatable to quarterbacks, especially uh, a young quarterback like Jared Goff. And Todd Gurley with an improved offensive line. Should have more pl- space to run through and uh, um, be the Todd Gurley that I thought was going to be last year, this year. Now, I have him in number six. I mean, eight easily can be higher than that. But there's um, notable guys in front of him. So he's going to have – he's got his work cut out for him. But I do like Todd Gurley at number eight. Let's, let's go to number seven, Jordan Howard. Um, now, he burst on the scene surprisingly last year um, as a rookie. And he had over seven games. With 100 plus yards, over 1,300 yards total, with 252 carries, with a 5.2 yards per carry average. So that's who I like with the uh, um, um, with the uh, with the Bears, Jordan Howard, at number seven. Number six. Number six is uh, my breakout guy last year that I picked, and and, and I think um, with the coach that's taken over for the um, Los Angeles Chargers, a running back's favorite coach who helped uh, uh, Sean McCoy last year. Now he's with the Chargers. Melvin Gordon's going to benefit from that. That uh, uh, Melvin Gordon, after having a lackluster rookie season two seasons ago, three seasons ago now, this is the third season he's going to broke out in 2016 with 997 yards, just short of 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. And, and he also had uh, 41 catches with uh, 419 yards and, and, and a couple more touchdowns. So he had a total of 12 touchdowns with, with in his rookie year, scoring no touchdowns. So he had it plus 12 in, in touchdowns, which is unbelievable, but it happened. And the fact is he doesn't really have a really strong backup. So Melvin Gordon is going to be the man, uh, going to be a three down back. And the Chargers offense has got a lot of weapons. Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Taylor Gabriel, um, who am I leaving out? Um, I forget the other wide receiver. Um, that's a lot of weapons. Going to be a lot of space for Melvin Gordon to run through. A lot of space. Ninety percent of the workload. How about that? Is that a workhorse running back or what? All right, let's move on to number five. I talked about his teammate earlier. Um, just got paid just got paid and, and Devontae Freeman comes off an identical year to 2015 um, over a thousand yards, 13 touchdowns and he's only 25 he's in his prime now the, the schedule is roughly the same as last year um, but now they're going to feature him 
because they want to justify or prove to people this is why we paid him what we paid him. So he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of touches, and and hopefully he can duplicate what he did in the last two seasons, if not better. Let's go to number four. This guy is in a run-heavy offense. He's got a uh, uh, second year back chomping at the bit, waiting to get his opportunity And in Derrick Henry. But DeMarco, Freeman, DeMarco Murray is, is going to probably get his 11 to 1,200 yards, probably around nine touchdowns, 50 to 60 catches, and 300 to 400 yards. Um, Mike Malarkey wants to pound the football. Gave Marcus Mariota more weapons besides Delaney Walker. They have Corey Davis as a rookie. They also have Eric Decker. Um, So they improved the on paper, they improved the passing game for Marcus Mariota, who's a pretty accurate quarterback. And uh, um, but the, the the base of this offense is to run the football and play sound defense. And Demarco Murray is the key to that. All right, let's move on to number three, one of my favorite running backs, and he got disrespected last year, and he showed out. Um, and the court, the coach who took over uh, sometime last year after Rex got fired, um, made sure that Sean McCoy showed out, and he's going to do it again this year. Um, over five yards to carry, over 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. Um, he can catch the football out of the backfield. He can run it effectively. Dynamite running back. That's why he's number three. Um, dynamite running back. Um, and he, but he's a little older. But McCoy is going to be the centerpiece of this offense, without a doubt. There's another offense that run heavy and plays sound defense. I said this years ago, that the, that the trend was to run the football and play sound defense. Run the football and play sound defense. And over the last three, four years, that's what teams have been doing. Even though so-called experts, and, not, and definitely not me if you've been listening to me, not me, have go, been, been going away from the running backs and going more and more to wide receivers. Not me. I've always based my drafting on getting solid running back play before I even look about for any receiving help. And that's why these two guys, and you can go one, two, two, one, whoever way you want to do it, but these two guys, and I'm going to lump them together because simple fact is they're one and two, but people can say that, no, I don't think he's one. I don't think he's two, whatever. David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. Triple threat running backs. 
And if for those who don't know what a triple threat running back is and, and think, well, I've only heard of double, dual threat running backs. Well, you've heard of three down backs, right? Well, a triple threat running back is this. And I'll list them in order how uh, important they are from one to three. Well, I shouldn't say that, but but what they basically do, and one, the last one is the key one to, to be a three-down back. Quite naturally, the first one is to run the football effectively. And David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell do that without a shadow of a doubt. Second is to catch the football out, out of the backfield. These guys do it without a blink of an eye. With, with, with no problem. And the third, and it could be the most important to keep them on the field for the third down, is to be able to block, to pass block for the quarterback, to be reliable and consistent enough to pass block. That's what I'm talking about, a triple threat running back, being able to run the football, catch the football, and block when necessary for the quarterback. And these two guys are very good at doing both, all three. All three. Let's talk about some guys that got some upside. How about this guy who's going to be moving up quite a bit because the the obstacle in front of him is no longer an obstacle for a while. I'm talking about Kareem Hunt. Uh, Andy Reid said he's going to be the lead back. And when when Andy Reid lead back, how about LaShawn McCoy? How about Jamal Charles? This may be the one another star on the rise uh, with uh, uh, in the Andy Reid offense. How about Adrian Peterson? Yeah, okay. Why is the upside? He's in the best offense he's ever been in, with the best quarterback he's ever played with, uh, um, in, in this in the, in the game. Best offense he's played in. Won't line up eight nine in a box. Because there's too much of other threats uh, in the receiving that the defense can get burnt on. How about Duke Johnson in PPR especially? He's at his average of 89 carries for 369 yards plus 50, 57 catches. And... and um, What's to stop him from, from, from that, that getting better in this offense? How about Jamal Williams? There's no guarantee that, Devontae, uh, excuse me, that Ty Montgomery is going to be the primary back. Jamal Williams is the best bet to take that uh, job and, and um, be effective with it in that offense. Mike Gillisey in in New England. Now, you know they have a stable running backs, but Gillisey can – can um, um, uh, set itself apart from the group. You know, the, the sky's the limit. How about Samaj Piran or Tariq Cohen. 
Cone being behind Jordan Howard has been showing out in training camp. He's only five six. Uh, it's probably only be a uh, um, a um, third down back, but a dynamic back in in PPR. And Samaje Piran in Washington is behind Fat Rob Kelly. And there's no telling what, what Rob Kelly um, is going to do, and and how uh, much patience Jay Gruden is going to have with him. How about DeAndre Washington in in um, Oakland? Marshawn Lynch had, took a year off coming back. Is Marshawn Lynch going to be Marshawn Lynch or, or something there other? How about Deontay Foreman? The guy I told, told you that got drafted this year to be, to be basically be the backup of um, Lamar Miller in Houston. Big back. Um, and, and big, big back with some speed. Um, and let me give you uh, um, one more that I really like. And where the heck is he at? I don't have him here. We'll leave it at that. All right, people. Um, like I said, I won't be here next week. Um, oh, I won't be here next week. And uh, um, but tune in, tune in. Um, let's see, next week will be the third, uh, the tenth, which will be the first week of of uh, uh, week of games. Uh, the Thursday night game will have, have already been played, and. Um, We'll have a full slate of games other than the two that's going to be played for the first Monday night game. So uh, tune in on that September 10th. Uh, until then, enjoy the rest of the weekend and uh, um, enjoy your Labor Day because I won't be around there. Uh, and we'll, we'll be talking to you uh, down the road. Uh, and that'll be it. See ya.